When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. When putting together your gear, wrap a piece of duct tape around your water bottle. It's barely noticeable, but if another piece of gear breaks or tears, pull off your tape to make a quick patch or repair. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? Fucking horrible. Oh, my wife just texted me, scheduled maintenance. So here's, <laughs> this is unbelievable. Here's a quick story, a little behind the BFI, behind the scenes. Mike and I were tired of Zoom. By the way, we're on Zoom right now. Let's tell the story. <laughs> Mike and I were tired of Zoom because it started, they're starting to really, you know, bottleneck these 40 minute things. So we're like, you know what? We have this great streaming art platform that, that Papa Garrett provides to us with Viking Media. I'm a video guy professionally. Mike and I figured, oh, you know, we can do a great show. So, we planned this out. We spent a good 40 minutes with Garrett planning this thing. And then uh, I'm sitting there ready, pl- programming all this stuff in, programmed a video and had all these overlays because we're going to make this YouTube show. We get three minutes into the first recording and my internet goes out. And I just had an absolute shit fit right in my office because it's midnight here in Chicago. I'm tired. And my wife hears me, calls cable company. There's a scheduled maintenance outage right now which no one told me about. So uh, I'm, I'm extra surly tonight. How are you, man? How's Hawaii? Uh, you know what? Um, I don't even want to tell you right now how Hawaii is because that would just add to your anger. <laughs> it's my ass. Actually, you know, it was really nice here in Chicago today, so I cannot oh. complain about that. We, it was ni- Actually, it was well, – because you're nice. It was 90 degrees today out here in, in the sticks, uh, about 60 miles outside of Chicago. I like it that way. Yeah, so here we, we finally got our stuff in the house, and we've been basically unpacking and organizing all week. This uh, this room that I'm in right now is not completely organized, but I have the same desk that I had in California, so that it feels good. I got my computer, all the stuff, so I'm, I'm ready to go uh, next week whenever we want to uh, use the StreamYard thing and do a full video um, full video show for the YouTube channel and all that, uh, which which we are planning on. I have the good internet now, so we are... Starting next week, hopefully, you know, knock on knock on wood. Hopefully, by next week, we will be uh, the new and improved BFI will be upon us. But um, hey, so tonight we uh, we we had a good episode of Impact. Um, it was basically carried by the Gauntlet for the Gold match, which was uh, the entire second hour of the show. And um, but it was a uh, it was good good stuff tonight. A lot of uh, a lot of stuff is happening uh, in Impact, and as we get into uh, Slammiversary. The twenty the twenty year anniversary of Impact Wrestling, um, so a lot going on, a lot of matches made tonight, man. But uh, you know, overall thoughts. It's pretty good show. I mean, like I said, uh, I got nothing. Like it's fine. It was a good show. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, nothing, nothing like crazy happened. There were no huge angles that that happened, other than we, you know, we found out who was going to go on to Slammiversary uh, to headline that show, and which we'll we'll get into here in a little bit. So uh, tonight on BTI, this this surprised me. Tonight on BTI, uh, X Division Champion Ace Austin defeated Aiden Prince, um, and that was talking BTI. Everybody, thank you, thank you, folks, for talking BTI with us. Shortest podcast in professional wrestling today. You know, uh, Gerard, uh, Bear Down himself, he sent that to me um, saying, well, you guys are going to have to do a little bit more than what you normally do for BTI because Ace Austin's on the show. And I said, sir, uh, even if Josh Alexander wrestles Okada in the Tokyo Dome on BTI, the gimmick stays. We're never mm-hmm. getting away from this gimmick. It has to stay. The, gim- the gimmick is more important than the act- than anything. Like, yeah. this is professional wrestling. You stay with the gimmick. Yeah. Besides... Aiden Prince, I've Aiden Prince has been with Impact off and on for like four or five years now. Never won a match. Why would tonight be any different? No, he's gonna Ace Austin's gonna beat him. Hey, Ace Austin won. That is yeah. Yeah. So uh that that was what that was. And then uh we opened up the show with kind of uniquely uh with a Hannafin and Ray Walt. They're they're in the ring as they um, they're welcoming us to the show and they're announcing that Josh Alexander's next opponent will be at Slammiversary. Um, that'll, that'll get an- announced tonight, courtesy of the Gauntlet for the Gold. And then they they kicked into a really good like historical vignette, and I want everybody to go onto Twitter and, and take a look at that. I'll tweet it out. Um, but it's a promo of all the past Impact champions over the course of 20 years, and they highlighted a lot of the previous Gauntlet for the Gold matches and made it seem like this was a big deal. They did a great job on this yeah i love this to be honest with you. i love video packages and wrestling i love historical video packages especially this was this was great man you know i think impact is really super underrated when it comes to like promotional packages and video work in general so this is uh kudos kudos yeah kudos to impact man so the opening match was uh, kenny king uh, defeating Chris Bay in an Ultimate X qualifying match, which is again another announcement is that uh, will Ultimate X for the men will be returning this coming up uh, June next month at uh, Slammiversary. So um, the last men's Ultimate X match, well, they have one a multiverse of matches, but I think you and I are the only ones that actually watch that. Um, mm. But the last like true like big time Ultimate X match for the men was at Slammiversary, and of course they had the women's one at Hard to Kill this year. So yeah. that's returning and. Uh, Kenny King in the opening contest defeated uh, Chris Bay, who I believe Kenny King actually trained Chris Bay there in Vegas. So that was a, a unique match. I was surprised to see that Chris Bay lost, considering he is one of the more pushed guys in Kenny King. This might actually be his first singles win since he's returned to the company. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're putting Kenny King in the match here. What, what do you think of uh, Kenny King winning here? I, it's, I mean, I don't think he's, I can't remember last time Kenny King's won a match, like, period, and going back to Ring of Honor, even. Uh, it was surprising, but I guess with Bay not going to the Super Juniors, he's a little bit more expendable. I don't know. I don't I don't like it. I mean, of all, of all people, I don't know more than need wins. Kenny King is not someone that I would think that needs to be protected, but I don't know. Everyone kind of bats 500 around here except for Josh. Yeah, that is true. I, I honestly, I disagree with this. Um... Uh, maybe there's a reason. Maybe Chris Bay is in trouble, or maybe he's just not going to be available for Slammiversary. I don't know. Maybe he's going to Japan, because um, I know a lot of the New Japan guys aren't going to be available for Slammiversary. So maybe there's something going on there. But uh, I was shocked, to say the least. But uh, a good match, as you would expect out of these two. They're both really good. Um, 
And uh, Maria was on commentary the whole time. She was pretty funny. Uh, we'll go to the end here. Bay hit a swing and DDT for a two count, followed by an attempt at the Art of Finesse, but didn't succeed. Bay nailed a sliced bread and then headed to the top rope. Maria darted off commentary to distract him. King capitalized, hit a huge uppercut on Bay and attempted a superplex, but Bay fought him off. It wasn't enough as King nailed Bay with the royal flush for the victory. Um, also, there was some distraction by Maria there during the match, but uh, um, yeah, so he's going to opening uh, or he's going to Ultimate X at Slam. So there you go. Uh, next, we go backstage. Alicia was banging on the door of the dressing room for Giselle Shaw for their match for the Knockouts Tag Team Championship. So Giselle Shaw and Alicia Edwards are getting a title shot because they became a tag team. Someone's got to get a title shot. That's all you need to do in this company. If you're a female, if you have a tag team partner, automatic title shot for the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. Um, so there you go. They, they didn't have to win a match. They didn't have to do anything really. They just, they're just a team now. So you get a tag team title shot. So there you go. Can I, can I make a controversial statement? Yeah. I don't think tag team divisions are necessary. Like female tag team divisions are super necessary in just about any company right now. Cause there's just not a depth of talent anywhere. Like WWE is really scaled back a lot of their talent in general, where they could have had like a healthy tag team roster. Right. AEW, I don't know, I've heard people talk about that, but I mean, that doesn't seem like a realistic thing. And here, like you said, we've got two people that I don't think I've ever teamed before, but they're going for the titles. Yeah. Uh, I don't like Whenever they brought the titles up last year, or not last year, but the year before, I was all for it, mainly because I was like, yeah, you know, it's more opportunity for the females, and yada, yada. But they never really took the division seriously. It's more no. just like a speed bump during the show. Um, and it's um, them just kind of playing into the folks that are really super into women's wrestling and are really super in that they've made women's wrestling their cause. And they just want to get more women on the show. So whether or not it's good, they don't care as long as they get more opportunities. I'm like, it's not a bad thing that they're on the show. That's not the problem. The problem is it's a storytelling crutch. Yes. Like we want to get more people on the show. So we'll just, we'll just put a belt on it. And then it makes people, because people are so tricked into thinking that belts have value. Like, oh, they have a title. Like that, that, that means anything. Like it's just, a, it's just a crutch to not tell an interesting story. Well, the slightest for the belt. And it's like, yeah, but it doesn't, does it mean anything? I mean, like, I don't know, man. I'm just kind of over this. We have so many championships in wrestling and it just it, i'm just kind of over all of it and like like i said you got a thing tonight where oh hey i, I don't think we're tag before but now we're gonna go wrestle for the champ the champions and it's i get it someone has to yeah i just it's stupid yeah so the influence uh defeated alicia and giselle shaw to retain the knockouts tag team championship i get the feeling we're gonna see this match again despite the fact that the champions won um so Shaw finally got the hot tag after taking out Dashwood. She nailed a draping DDT for a two count on Rain before Shaw could do any more damage. Rain planted Shaw in the middle turnbuckle. Tensions were definitely high at this point as it was back and forth action. While Shaw argued with a referee, Rain and Dashwood capitalized uh, and Alicia was sent into Shaw taking her out. Alicia's a fighter but simply couldn't handle the attack of the champions and they hit their finisher to win and retain the titles. So they essentially beat him clean. Um, <laughs> so that's the end of that. Uh, maybe they'll bring somebody else in. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, but uh, we got a promo by Violent by Design with Eric Young stating that not only would they be winning their tag titles next week, but he would be winning the gauntlet for the gold this week. Um, kayfabe there, Eric. You're not supposed to give the finish of the main event. What are you doing? Yeah. It's rookie stuff right there, man. Yeah. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. 
Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So next, uh, Gail Kim comes out, and uh, she makes the announcement that at Slammiversary, it's going to be the first ever knockout Queen of the Mountain match featuring Tasha Steeles defending the Knockouts World Championship against Chelsea Green, Jordan Grace, Deanna Perrazzo, and before she could final, she could announce the final competitor. We saw the arrival of Steels and Savannah Evans to the ring. Uh, after some uh, jaw jacking by Steels to Kim, Tasha stated the final competitor would be Evans. Kim then announced Mia Yim as the final competitor, and Steel got up in the face of Kim. And before anything could happen, the lights went out and Yim arrived on the scene. Uh, Yim came down to the ring, saving Kim, and then started to take apart Steels and Evans before Perazzo hit the ring. It was now a three-on-one attack, but within seconds, Grace and Ty Valkyrie came to the ring, and the, even the odds and uh, sent the heels packing. So big, big announcement here by uh, Gail Kim. Uh, people for years have been um, stating that they wanted the King of the Mountain match back. Um, they're gluttons for punishment, I guess. But we got a Queen of the Mountain match here with the women. The, the women get to take part in this nonsense. Can I be honest with you? I'm surprised it's the first time it's ever happened with the women. Like, I'm really surprised we never had a, a, a knockouts Queen of the Mountain, whatever you want to call it, match before. That was what surprised me the most. Yeah, I and then the same. Similarly, I was surprised that we had never had a uh, knockouts X division or Ultimate X match before and earlier this year. And I was like, oh wow, that never that really never did happen. So, yeah. So um, this is a, a big big thing. Uh, you know, it King of the Mountain matches are ridiculous. They're is it is it a big fun, thing? But I wouldn't exactly call them good. Yeah, is this a big thing or is this just a thing? Is this one of those breaking down barriers that nobody really, that no, I don't know, obviously nobody cares about, but I mean, like, do we need a women's King of the Mountain match? I mean, Queen of the Mountain match? I don't need another men's one, to be quite frank. Yeah, you know, I, that that I that I don't know. I You know what? I do know that a lot of people like this idea. And by a lot of people, I mean it's the, the super, like the the day one TNA impact fa- faithful that's been around forever. Fair. I mean, someone's got to like it. Yeah, and this is the the 20th anniversary of Impact, so they're really just kind of playing into the TNA nostalgia with a lot of this stuff. Um, so I, I I see what they're doing and why they're doing it. Hell, this might end up being one of the worst matches in history. Who knows? Or it could be one of the best. It just depends on how it goes. But well, um, yeah. we'll be there to talk about it. Yep, <laughs> we'll be and live. What do you think? Maybe I Maybe. I've already got it on we, my schedule. Let's. Well, I, we had to figure out the schedule stuff and. I gotta not throw my computer and the internet through a wall for StreamYard, but it sounds like a good idea on paper. Yeah, ho- hopefully soon. Um, uh, Gene Miller was with Rich Swan, who said while his focus is on Gauntlet for the gold editor tonight, he was still gearing toward taking down Matt Cardona for the Digital Media Championship. This this was a little bit weird because 
Britch Swan said, Matt Cardona wants to be a world champion so bad that he's calling his title the Digital Media World Championship. Well, it's not a world championship, but I like it anyway, and I want to take it from you. So he insulted the title and then said he wanted to fight for it. I didn't get that at all. Like, who is helping this guy with his promos? He also buried the NWA. <laughs> yeah, 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 unintentionally, right? No, I don't know if it's unintentionally. Like, let's be real. If someone, if this had happened on, on Dynamite, with anyone from Impact, people would be up in arms. But Zach, but I almost called him Zack Ryder. Matt Cardona is the NWA World Champion and does not get treated like that on this show. But nobody cares about the NWA, so nobody says anything. Yeah, um, Billy Corgan was on Howard Stern today with a Perry Fuel. Um, so they're they're doing a thing. I don't even know that they mentioned NWA on that. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'll I'll, I'll have a full report. Stern don't care about the NWA. No, but on uh, Billy Corgan's first, uh, I when he went on there a few years ago, they did talk about it. Did they? Okay. They did. They did. Yeah. So Stern was playing nice about the wrestling stuff, and then of course they went into lizard people, which is always entertaining. I got a book about lizard people. Did I ever tell you that? No. One of my books is about the underground lizard people. Oh my gosh! I now you have piqued my interest, sir. No, we'll, we'll save that for later. More on this. More on my books on the Patreon show. I got to I get, I get, turns out something I'm working on is tying into uh, something interesting going on in the world. Oh, yes. Yes. Stay tuned for Patreon. Go to fight game or patreon.com slash fight game media for more. Uh, more weird talk about craziness going on overseas. Um, speaking of people from Japan, Josh Alexander and Tomohiro Ishii <laughs> defeated Bullet Club. Uh, Jay White and El Phantasmo. Um, I, I thought this was, I mean, with all four competitors, could it be anything other than a really good match? Of course not. Yeah, we know it, and it it was uh it was ve- it was very fun. Um we got some back and forth action before Alexander tagged in Ishii, which Ishii was the hot tag. Ishii countered with an attempted brainbuster by ELP and nailed the German suplex. Ishii went to hit a basement Larry, but White interfered. Alexander was now back in the ring to help out a very hungry Ishii capitalized. Ishii nailed the ELP with a basement Larry, followed by the brainbuster to pick up the victory. So uh, Ishii got a, got another victory on his way out. I'm sure he's not going to be on uh, Impact for a little while. So, um, but that was uh, that was very cool. And I think that I think that uh, Jay White is also not going to be at these tapings coming up this weekend because uh, New Japan's taping. They're doing um, their show in Washington D.C. So they're they have their own stuff. So I don't think these New Japan guys are going to be at these upcoming tapings. No, um, I don't either. Like. And as we're heading into Slammiversary, I was thinking about this today. It's like, we need to stop. We need to not stop showcasing the New Japan guys, but we need to like pull back on a little bit because it's, you really can't deliver anything. You can't build, right? The show builds the pay-per-view. really can't do that when those guys aren't going to be there, especially, you know, they're going to be building a pay-per-view for another company right. coming up. Absolutely. Um, so next week we got uh, the Briscoes versus Violent by Design for, in a rematch. Uh, Laredo Kid versus Speedball should be a hell of a match. Yeah, that'd be um, good. Yeah, Tasha Steele, Savannah Evans, and Peraza versus Taya, Jordan Grace, and Mia Yim, and then Mike Bennett and Matt Taven versus the Good Brothers. So, she, uh, Taya's going to do some stuff for MLW. She's going to wrestle Holla Dead for that, uh, for that, um, for that weight title that MLW has. Huh. There you go. I no, I did not know that. Um, because because nobody watches MLW. 
I, I like that um, Impact fans can be like elitist towards MLW and uh, NWA, but when AEW does it to Impact, they get so <laughs> it's all That's just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally true. I'm steering into it, too. I do it every chance I get to take a cheap shot against the MLW, I'm going to take it. So, oh, yeah. So, um, you, know, well, you know, let's. If we get time, let's. I, I have something to bring up to you about some that Court Bauer said that. Um, oh, really? Should, that will really piss you off. But we'll talk about save it for Patreon. Pa- on, oh, okay, so save, save for the Patreon. All right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Patreon worthy. Um, okay. If we get to it, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about on Patreon. So. Um, oh, yes. So the main event was a gauntlet for the gold to earn a world title match. So this was uh, Impact's version of the Royal Rumble, but when you get down to the final two competitors, and they've been doing this every year at Bound for Glory, but they decided to do it here. So when you get down to the final two competitors, they actually have a real match. Um, and I'm going to say this, and I don't know that it's hyperbole. There's probably some recency bias here. This was the best gauntlet for the gold match that I've ever seen at Impact. Um, I, I don't even think it's all that close. I, it was fun from bell to bell. And then whenever I got down to Eric Young and Chris Saban with Eric Young, eventually winning and pinning Chris Saban, I, I was like, this was very good. It was very good on TV, much better than anything I've been seeing here the last four or five years on bound for glory where they've been doing it every year. I thought this was a fantastic. I thought it was a great match. Well, I'll say this, um, of all the Royal rumble knockoff matches, I think Gauntlet for the Gold is probably my favorite because I think that's actually a, a great stipulation. It's a battle royalty gets to the last two, then it's a match. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Right? I think that uh, – I don't know if I would say it's the best one I've ever seen. But then again, I can't think – off the top of my head, I can't think of one better. Yeah. I, I, I can't really either um, because most of them, most of the time, they don't really stick out. I know the one last year that Moose won was pretty good. Um in parts and then the one the year before was just was dreadful um so i'm I'm oh. trying to remember back i remember the one on the very first episode that ken shamrock won oh that was not good and they buried it the whole show leading up to it yeah yeah they, they talked about how stupid it was to even have uh-huh. it and then they had it and uh yeah so i'm trying to think and and may, you know people if they're listening tweet us let us know what you think uh was this the best gauntlet for the gold match in impact history i don't know i right hmm. now off the top of my head i'm saying it is um but that's probably because i just finished watching it and i was thoroughly entertained um i thought the eliminations were all good i thought everything made sense it was a lot of fun i thought the comedy spots worked and typically they don't in these things especially with impact they they do wwe knockoff comedy in these they usually bring out hornswoggle and stuff like that they didn't even they brought out shark boy and it was funny it was great he came out hitting stunners hit stunners on everybody and everybody sold it like they just got you know stunned by stone cold and then they had the uh, a big spot there and then they did the uh, the big man stuff with w morrissey where he got a lot of eliminations um and he was over like he had never lost on dynamite um nobody cares well, well to be fair this was taped before he lost on dynamite wasn't it nope this was taped after under siege oh, okay. actually oh okay okay you're right you're right yeah. Uh, I guess said last, like I said, we talked, it was last week, wasn't it? We talked about this. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one cared at all. Morrissey was probably, I would say the most over in the match. Um, if yeah, I, can, you know, I can watch it again, but I think that, uh, everybody got on their feet more from Morrissey than anybody else that I had seen in the know, entire match. You know what? I was thinking about something. I think losing on dynamite might make him more beloved to the impact faithful because they know the deal. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And they're like, that's bullshit that you had to go out there and take an ass kicking. We're cheering you even louder. So yeah. in a way, maybe it worked. Maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe that's got more sympathy on him. And then and then also get him more love for just being a total pro. Yeah. And doing yeah. doing some business for impact and losing on AEW to strengthen that relationship with AEW, which seemed to have soured for a while. Yeah, no, it's uh it's interesting. Yeah, I'll say this for comedy and impact. When impact does what they're good at with comedy, it's really funny. But yeah. when they try to do W when anyone tries to do WWE comedy, it fails. And it's not just impact AEW does it new japan even does it sometimes and it fails like everyone should when wwe does it no it isn't it's actually really bad when they do it too but <laughs> but a bunch of guys with roman reigns avias are going to tell you that, that it's genius and i have to look at some stupid faces that roman made once and i hate twitter um yeah <laughs> so uh chris saban was the first competitor and wouldn't you know it the second competitor was his tag team partner, Alex Shelley. They did the whole, speaking of WWE, they did the whole demolition, uh, what, 1990 mm-hmm. Royal Rumble? Was 1989. 89. Man, you're good. You got that You're on. You got that stuff on lock. Um, so they were the first two competitors. Um, I'm, you know, I'm ho- I was hoping that they had this listed out so I can read it off, but it doesn't look like that it's uh, listed out. So the number three was Honor No More's Eddie Edwards um, and Motor City Machine Guns. They launched an offense on Edwards, but Eddie was able to hold his own. Number four was Vincent, so they um, they teamed up there, and then Steve Macklin came out at number five, and oddly enough, teamed with Honor No More, even though he hates them. But I think he hates, he hates the machine guns more. So there you go. Fair. Um, so uh, yeah, then they go to commercial for a little bit, and um, boom, we got cue the Jaws theme music as Shark Boy in at number six. Shark Boy hit the ring and was hitting. Or he, I guess this guy, the new guy for the Observer, I can't remember his name, but. Uh, uh, Chummers is what he's calling them everywhere. Uh, and then um, they did a whole TNA original thing where after he had all the stunners, then the Motor City Machine Guns and Shark Boy did a pose. That's when they go to commercial. We come back from commercial. Uh, Raj Singh comes out at, at 8, followed by Bupinda Gujar. And then um, we get up. Oh, Shark Boy was eliminated uh, by Edwards. Trey Miguel also hit the ring and during the break. He was the seventh competitor. We're back to live action. Gujar eliminated Singh, um, and then um, number ten is Shira. Shira comes out and immediately fights with Gujar, and then Morrissey hits the ring there, and he started doing all his big man stuff. And then uh, we got some more folks here. Rhino entered. Toros was in, um, and then a bunch of more people showed up. At uh, one point, Swinger shows up. He's coming. He's being pushed down the down the ramp in a cart, and he's doing the bushwhacker gimmick, where he's doing his arms up and down. You know. And then uh, he gets in and immediately gets eliminated by Eric Young. So, um, and then he continues to do his. So that he did the full Luke of the Bushwhackers. Was it Luke? It was Luke. Yeah. So he gets in and immediately gets eliminated. No, it was Butch. Butch. Okay. It was, it was one Butch. of the Bushwhackers. Um, so, uh, we, we go to another break and then, uh, Moose comes out. He quickly, uh, eliminates Black Taurus and Rhino. Heath got all mad, but uh, Moose care Moose didn't care. And then, uh, now Heath got eliminated by Moose. Rich Swan was out next. And then, uh, Moose and Rich Swan, they go at it for a little bit. And then all of a sudden you hear always ready. The theme music for Matt Cardona plays, but nope. <laughs> but nope, it was actually Matthew Raywalt who left commentary and eliminated Rich Swan. So Rich Swan was uh, he lost to music there. So there you go. To be fair, to be fair, music has proven to be one of the most effective finishers in all of world wrestling entertainment history. That is true. 
Um, PCO was the next entrant, and he quickly eliminated uh, Ray Walt, and then we saw a stare down between PCO and Morrissey. And as big as PCO is, Morrissey towered over him. Um, and then uh, before they could go down, however, Macklin snuck up behind them and eliminated them both, a la uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin when he eliminated Brett and Vader at the same time. They're leaning up against the ropes. He just picked their legs up and then, boom, tossed them over from 1997 Royal Rumble. You Man, know, there's a, there's a lot of WWE tribute stuff in this match that I didn't even realize until you just pointed it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then now we go to the final four featuring Macklin, Moose, Saban, and Young. Uh, lights went out. Callahan appeared and hit Moose with a baseball bat. He hit him in the back in the middle of the ring, and then Moose took off running and jumped over the ropes. I don't know. They need to work on that deal. But, uh, but, uh, um, yeah. yeah. And then after Moose was eliminated, Saban attacked Macklin. And, uh, after getting the upper hand and getting him over the ropes to the apron, he eliminated Macklin from the match. So we get to the final two competitors. It's Chris Saban and Eric Young, two impact legends. They, they've been there since almost day one. Um, we get it, we get a good match there. And then after being, um, so Saban failed to hit the cradle shock. Young saw the advantage he needed and nailed probably one of the damnedest pile drivers you'll ever see. Uh, Eric Young has an amazing pile driver, um, and he uh, he defeated uh, Chris Saban, and he will be the number one contender for Josh Alexander at Slammiversary. What are your thoughts on uh, Eric Young as the number one contender? I love Eric Young. Um, I'm a little over the violent by design gimmick and him doing the promos every week like he does, but that said, I love Eric Young. I love this pile driver return that we've seen in professional wrestling. I like that the pile driver is now a thing again after not seeing it for in mainstream wrestling for quite a long time. So this is good. I think it's going to be a really good match too. I don't know about it as a draw. I think they got to, I hope they build a good story around it because I'll be honest on paper. It doesn't throw me. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever I first heard about that, you know, spoilers leaked out. Thank you, Dave Meltzer, by the way, for that, without saying Thanks. spoiler alert on wrestling observer radio. Thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, um, you know, I was disappointed at first, and only not because it's Eric Young, because I love Eric Young. He's one of my favorites. I've I've always been a fan of Eric Young. It's he just hasn't been in the main event scene in a long time, and um, he's been more of a tag team wrestler the last year or so, maybe two years. Um, well, I, I would say the last year because then before that he was actually out with an injury for a long time too. So. Um, He's only had one singles match this year, and it was a loss to Jay White. But he hasn't really been beaten a ton. Like he hasn't been in like you know losing matches over and over again. He hasn't really gone fifty-fifty. He just had that one match, and then for the most part, he's been in a tag team, and they were just recently the tag team champions. So yeah, uh, I think that was really my only disappointment. Uh, I also, I you know what happens? You know, I fantasy book in my head, and then when that doesn't. Um, if, if you're going to do something different than my personal fantasy booking, I want it to be better. And I just didn't think that it was better. And my, my choice for Slammiversary was Eddie Edwards. Um, I felt like he has been kept a little bit stronger than Eric Young has, uh, this year. So, um, that, that's just my opinion. Now, uh, I'll be honest. I think it's going to be a very good match. Um, will it draw? I don't think so. I don't think this is going to be a big pay-per-view for Impact. And here, here's um, some commentary from Fight Game Media. Now, these people are, um, I would say, not avid watchers of Impact, more casual. Uh, they kind of pop in and out of Impact. Here's uh, Paul Fontaine. Uh, here's his comment. Ishii on a $5 show and EY on a $50 show. Seems backwards to me. Um, here's, here's Garrett Gonzalez. Uh, I imagine for Impact fans, EY is a good person for the main, but it didn't make me interested. Um, Rich says, EY is good, but he won't bring a single extra viewer. 
Um, and then this guy, Shane, uh, says, I like Eric Young, but he shouldn't be headlining pay-per-views in 2022. I, Other than Paul, I don't think any of these people watch the show regularly, and they haven't seen just how good Eric Young still is. Um, so... Um, but they're not going to watch and impact is doing this because look, he's one of the most enduring stars of the, of the entirety of impact wrestling. He's, you know, a former world champion. And this is kind of to give back to not only Eric young, but to the people that have stuck with the company for 20 years, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I like the gold watch thing as a justification. I mean, that's a good reason to headline a $5 special. Yes. You know, like as Paul called it, um, I agree with you. I think Eddie Edwards should have had it because that's been, that's been the major storyline in the company this year is been on a no more. Right. And it felt like that's where we were going. And I don't know, man, this whole, I don't know more storyline. It's, it's a lot of what could have been in a lot of ways. Like they're starting to win lately, but I feel like the rose is already kind of, the blooms already out the roses. The cliche goes. So, uh, you know, I think that would have been, I think it would have been better. I think Eddie is, as the trader to impact versus Josh, who's kind of become, the defender of the company would have been a better. I don't know if that draws either, by the way. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't think other than bringing a guy from the outside, I don't think there's a, a, a match in this company that I say could draw. Maybe Morrissey, maybe Josh and Morrissey could have drawn, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think, I do think we need to spice up the roster a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I, I think they need to do a better job of, Getting title challengers wins on their way to challenging for a title um, because they just use this gauntlet for the gold, which I think was a great match. Um, but before this match, Eric Young wasn't ready. Now, I will say they got six weeks to get Eric Young ready. So They do. Six weeks, six weeks is a lot of time in yeah. wrestling. One thing I think the problem in all companies is we're always so focused on the main event that we never ever that's rare in this day and age that enough attention is spent on the next challenger and it's so funny because you look back at like vincent j mcmahon because he'd always have you know the next guy building up while bruno was finishing up his feud with whoever you know so it always seemed like an impossible feat the next time around and it never seems like we do that anymore and that's not just not just here in impact wwe AEW, even new japan sometimes it never seems like you can see where the next guy is going to be. And it should be, it should be an easy story. Like I remember when I was doing comic book writing, they talked about this, uh, they talked about this, this paradigm of writing. We have your A story, your B story, and your C story. We conclude your A story, your B story becomes the A story, your B, your C becomes the B, and then you're introduced another C, a new C plot. And it just kind of moves up like that, right? And prof- you think about it, pro wrestling should follow a similar format, right? Especially with building contenders. Like, Someone should be moving up and someone should be moving down after every storyline. And it just, that doesn't seem to happen. And I don't know, I never booked, so I can't tell you if, I can't say I know why, but I just think it's something that we can all be better at. It's, it's a little frustrating as a fan sometimes. Yeah. You know, while, while they were building up, you know, Josh versus Moose, uh, you know, Eric Young in the background could have quietly been picking up big victories, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, he could have had a feud with somebody, you know, like he could have had like a one-on-one feud with someone and it's, and it's because they didn't think about who they were going to put in the main event. Like, I just don't, I just don't know why you don't try to book like at least six months out, right. you know, and work backwards for six months. How do we get there? Like, what are the beats along the way? Like, I don't know. My, my brain is really in like, is really in this mode right now because I'm writing a book. So it just, I don't understand why why we don't, why not, again, it's not just impact. I'm not picking on impact here. It's everywhere. Like we get so obsessed with what's going to be the thing. What's going to be the thing. 
and we never think about what the next thing is. And it, it could be, it could be so much better. Yep. It, it, it absolutely could be. Um, but Hey, if you are listening to us on Apple podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your free podcasts, um, that's going to do it for us this week. So tune in next week. But if you are interested, we do have a Patreon. It's called fight game media network. Plus it's uh, go to patreon.com slash fight game media. And, uh, we're going to have some interesting topics. we got some uh, news for impact. we got, so, uh, an AEW wrestler is going to be making his return to impact. He is a, he is a TNA original. He'll be, he'll be at the shows this coming up weekend. We'll talk about that. Uh, Tony Khan called impact the zombie of WCW. We're going to talk about about that a little bit and plus the uh one of the biggest stars in all of new japan is on the outs with new japan pro wrestling kota abushi uh we're going to talk about that a little bit and uh small businessmen man small businessmen organizations <laughs> yes yes so there's a uh, there's lots going on in impact and there's lots going on around uh the the professional wrestling world so uh tune in next week and then patreon members stick around when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.